Welcome, everyone, to episode two of the Iron Legacy podcast. I'm here this morning, John Garner, with my co-host, Josh Ellis. How are you doing this morning, Josh? I'm doing great, man. I'm I'm very thankful this morning, uh, you know, for the good Lord and my beautiful baby girl, Blondie family and friends, so. Can't complain there. So today, we're going to be talking to you a little bit about intent and how to bring your A-game in the gym, how we set up for things, what we look at, and how we approach our fitness, our life through our intent and where we're trying to go, our goals. But we wanted to start off first with a little Q&A. We had asked some questions over the last few weeks to our listeners or had asked for them to submit questions. So we're going to be answering those today. Um, Josh, go ahead and get us started with question one. All right, so number one is who do you read to or listen to to get advice when you need motivation? So I'll go ahead and answer that one first. So... Originally, when I started getting into your personal growth, fitness, and different things, my go-to was Tony Robbins and Simon Sinek, and that's still one of those places I find that I go to a bit, and the reason for that is it's something outside of fitness because my life revolves so much around fitness. It's nice to hear things that don't always revolve around it because as anyone knows who's really into one subject or one career sometimes if that's all that's in your life it's hard to get opposing views and a look at reality because there is more to life so a tony robbins is still probably my favorite to put on and listen to um i used to like ct fletcher a lot um took me a while to like him because of the way his language is and everything um wasn't something that was really with my personality but that man's story is incredible um trying to think of Eric Thomas. I used to listen to a lot of his motivational videos. Um, I'll still, I'll go look at different bodybuilders right now. Um, there's a page on Instagram called Machiavelli motivation. I feel like a lot of athletes will know what that one is or people who lift. That's usually bodybuilders, occasionally some other athletes and just little motivational excerpts of their lives, what they're doing or their mentalities and kind of helps bring you back and gets you set, gets you motivated you know, because motivation, even though it's not the driving force to success, it is going to be something that really helps get you started when things maybe aren't going so great. And a little extra motivation is never a bad thing. What about you, Josh? So I have a few. Um, but when, when you think about, you know, who or what you listen to, you know, speaking for me personally, um, you know, to actually get you motivated, it takes me back, you know, to when I was incarcerated. And again, we had discussed in a previous podcast that motivation isn't always there. You know, the dedication is, or you feel like that, you know, that cable, that twine, that's just created to be so strong is starting to come undone and you don't want to lose that. I would always go read the book called Evolution by Joe Manganiello. Um, he actually, um, is a celebrity that has done films with um, Arnold Schwarzenegger. And he actually spoke at Joe Wider's uh, funeral uh, and was requested to do so by Arnold because of his fitness endeavors. Um, so if if you're looking for that motivation, man, his, his book Evolution is by far one of those, like you'll go through sections of the book, you'll want to sit it down and go train. Uh, and you actually really have to fight to finish it, even though you don't want to finish it. You know, so for me, um, definitely Joe Manganiello is a good book. Um, the Go-Giver by Bob Berg and John David Mann. It's not fitness related. It's mindset related uh, in views of being just that, a go-giver, which also, you know, we discussed in the last podcast. 
Um, you know, it, it'll give you a view of how we are supposed to be as people. Um, and again, that generates in, in life's travel, not just, you know, in your, in your active daily, daily walk, but how you present yourself going over and beyond for the next person, you know, instead of trying to take, 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 you know, you just, you just give. So that's very motivating knowing that if we do that and we stick to the path, the universe will definitely come back around and keep you, uh, keep you right. Uh, recently over the past year or so, I've actually come accustomed to listening to Gary John Bishop. Uh, he's pretty much one of those smack you in the mouth. Look, dude, this is life. You know, you gotta, you gotta suck it up, you know, cause nobody's going to feel sorry for you. You know, yeah, you, your words matter, your values matter and everything. But at the end of the day, you're by yourself. You know, when you're in the gym, when you're in that set, when you're in that lift, you're by yourself. It's do or die, you know, and it, it again, it just bleeds over into life. So, uh, those would be, those would be my books that I would go to as far as, as motivation. Uh, so again, if you have any questions, just, you know, send, send them to us, uh, through our Instagrams and we'll help you as much as we can. So I want to touch base on that a little bit more talking about books and things like that. So there's been countless books that I've read over the years and I'm trying to get back into reading a little more into the personal growth mindset rather than as much on just like fitness and physiology and things like that. Keep it a little more upbeat and entertaining and kind of call me on my own bullshit here and there. And I wanted to touch on, um, ask Josh, do you do anything with philosophy? Read any philosophers, Marcus Relis or anything like that? Um, I mean, I believe we're all a philosopher in some sort of way, uh, but you know specific ones that you've mentioned, I have not. Yeah. So, one um, book, uh, it's the Meditations of Marcus Aurelius. I read a couple of years ago. That one was huge. It basically it's just different quotes or different of his journalings and meditations that he's written down. So it's not like a story that you read. It's just you read that, you think about it, you journal about it, and kind of see how you can apply that to your life. Um, three of my favorites are uh, Marcus Aurelius, Seneca, and Epictetus, I believe is his name, and Socrates is great as well. I've always been really into philosophy, and that's a good place to start if you're trying to find a good outlook on life or a different outlook on life. I've always been drawn to the Stoics. There's many other forms of philosophy. Stoic philosophy has always stuck out to me the most. All right, question two. Um, when is the next competition? So I'm assuming they mean powerlifting in this. And side note, neither Josh or I are, are primarily powerlifters, or at least I would say that for sure for yeah, myself, and yeah. I think for Josh as well. Uh, my big goal is to get into bodybuilding and not just get into bodybuilding. I want to be great at bodybuilding. I don't plan on being Mr. Olympia, but I would love to hit the Olympia stage. And um, touching on that, as far as competitions, powerlifting competition goes, there's one February 27th that Josh and I are both doing locally in Charlottesville. So feel welcome to come join us and support us there. February 27th, everything starts at 9 a.m. Okay. Uh, next, what allows you to, you know, mentally, emotionally strengthen? What, what tips, what tricks uh, help you get stronger mentally, emotionally? Because obviously we know how to make the body stronger. You know, uh, for us, we have to stay mentally strong in some area or another to be able to, you know, continue to put ourselves under the stress of gains. So, um, how would you, how would you say that you tap into becoming mentally and emotionally stronger? I look back at my past. I look back at things that I've been through and gone through and remind myself that 
A, this isn't as bad as that was, and I made it through that. Or if I made it through the combination of all of these things, I can make it through this. And also, you know, I dive into books, as we talked about before, um, philosophers, things like that. They kind of give you a good objective look at life where it's not everything that's happening to me is crushing me. It's everything that's happening to me is happening. And that's just what it is. And now I have to deal with that in whichever way I can to best get through it. So I tried to almost take my emotion out of it. And I know that that may not sound like a very healthy practice sometimes as like I desensitize myself to the fact that bad things are going on and I just don't let it bother me. So that may not be the best answer you were looking for, but that's kind of how I approach things is just kind of distance myself from it and take more of an objective view. Okay. Um, for me, myself, um, basically I, I like to be able to put myself in an uncomfortable situation, uh, an uncomfortable place because when you become uncomfortable, that's when thoughts and feelings really begin to arise. You know, uh, that's where the, you know, the fight or flight steps in there. And it's like, you know, what are you going to do? You know, you're going to tuck your tail or, you know, you're going to, you're going to face it head on. So, um, I believe that those difficult times, I believe that those uncomfortable places and situations will only allow growth and change mentally, you know, in your mind, emotionally, in your mind to know that, okay, I'm nervous, I'm scared, Okay, so go right at it. When you get that uncomfortable feeling, that, that, that butterfly in the gut or that, that nauseous feeling in the gut or you got the inside jitters, for me, I smile. Because I know right then, dude, my motor is rolling and it's time to just chug on down the doggone train tracks and take it head on. Um, you know, so basically when you go into something, again, like, like John said, you know, life is definitely going to be much harder with the things that you've been through than your current situation. And as long as you can keep that mindset and know that what doesn't kill you makes you stronger, I know that's a pretty common statement, but it is very true, okay? You gotta go straight at it and do your best. Don't try to do your best. Do your best. Try as far as philosophy, yeah. okay? I believe when you, when you say try, you're already accepting failure. Because usually when you go into something, and if you don't succeed, what is the most common thing people say? Well, I tried. I tried. You're already accepting failure. If you can go into it and say, you know what? I gave it my best. You can walk away with a smile you know, on your face or even a pissed off look on your face knowing you're going to come back and crush it next time. You know, that's that just consistent persistence you know, for me. So, To touch on that a bit. <clears throat> Excuse me. So attacking things head on is a great way to go about things. You know, you shouldn't avoid your issues and just, you know, objectify the fact that you're in that situation and you have to handle it. And so you're going to have to go through it. And that's something a rule I have myself. If I have something that I'm about to and it scares me a little, if I feel that scared feeling, it, I will never let that stop me. Logic, I'm like, this is stupid, I'll stop. But if it's just simply out of that fear, I won't allow it. Um, I went cliff jumping with a few buddies uh, a couple years ago, and that was when I was trying to get that mentality. And we were up at the cliff. And we had someone swim down, and this was very stupid, so don't do this. But um, they didn't swim down very far. They're like, oh, yeah, the bottom's fine. No, I hit the bottom when I jumped, but and it wasn't very deep. But I just yelled, screw it, because I wasn't going to do it. I went to climb down, and I was like, hell with that. I turned around, and I ran, and I just jumped. <laughs> I got up. I barely hit the bottom. It wasn't real bad, and my legs were trembling. I barely could walk back out on the shore. Like, the adrenaline had hit so hard, but I was so proud of myself in that moment, and that really made me realize that no matter how scary something is, if you go for it, 
and make it through, you're going to feel a hell of a lot better and stronger because of that. And I feel like moments like that really free you and make you mentally stronger. Yep, and then you got to find the, the next highest cliff to, to jump off in the same spot. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so, uh, another question. Uh, advice for women trying to reach either weight or mindset goals. So, to touch on this, in my experience, the women I've trained have almost always been the more resilient and harder working clients once you tap into that mindset, that little bit in there, that little fight that they have in them because it's a lot bigger than a lot of men I've met. And women are a lot stronger than men in many different ways, you know. Um, the average man may be physically stronger, but women go through a lot and you have power in you and just you have to acknowledge that, know that and find it and grow it. Find those things that motivate you. Find those things that push you and just let let it take you and run with it. Um, as far as weight loss goes for women, it can be more challenging. Women have more issues depending on their age with hormones that also affect their weight loss. They're going to be the downward regulation of the thyroid as you age. Um, if you're going into menopause, your thyroid is going to be way out of whack. Thyroid is what basically regulates your metabolism and the amount of calories that you're able to burn. And so if your thyroid is out of whack, your body composition is going to be out of whack. So men don't usually struggle with thyroid issues as often or frequently. And that would be why women often can add on weight faster and more as they get older than men. But either way, at the end of the day, as we get older, it gets easier to pack on body fat. To approach the weight loss, I would say approach it as same for both. I mean, women are going to eat a little bit less, but just... Don't restrict yourself. Focus on a whole food focused approach to life and don't think of it as a diet that I'm going to get off of in 60 days. Think about sustainable things that you can change in your life to make everything a bit better in the nutrition realm. So it's, you know, choosing that I'm going to eat more fruits, vegetables and meats according to maybe doing processed foods before. You know, you're just making those substitutions, making the healthier option little by little, one step at a time. Even if you start with one food group, you know, you do that for six months and you're adding in new ones. Next thing you know, you know, you've done switch your diet almost completely. Okay. Um, you know, basically you know, um, jumping off what you said as far as, you know, the lifestyle of eating, you know, just healthier options. Um, I know that a couple things that, you know, you could do would be that you know say you go out to eat of course eat you know go for your healthier option you know but instead of ordering an entree order an appetizer yeah you know um when you get your food uh go ahead and take half of it set it aside I was gonna have you that know, yeah put it in a put it in a bag go ahead and say look i want this but i want half of it in a to-go box sit down eat just just that half a portion you know be mindful of your intake you and know? like josh said there don't get the entire entree and ask them to bring you a box because if you start eating, then you may in fact just say, hell with it, I'll finish it. But if you have them bring half of your entree already in the box put away, half of it on your plate, that right there is going to set you up because you'll finish what's on your plate. The rest is already there and your chances of actually eating the entire entree are much lower at that point because you're going to have built already a little bit of confidence having already set it aside and you'll have given yourself time to be satiated and realize that I really didn't need more. So the response from food to the gut to the brain stating that either you're still hungry, you're comfortable or you're full takes right about 20 minutes. 
you know, so a lot of people, you know, their eyes always eat more. My eyes eat more, <laughs> you know, you now again, in. we, we we're able to do that because of the training, you know, but if, if you actually take that half a portion, have the other set, the other portion set aside, when you get done eating after about 20 minutes sitting there conversating, you have a drink, you're like, you know what? I'm not hungry anymore. You're not full. You're not bloated and you're not hungry. You've taken in exactly what you needed, exactly what your body could break down comfortably, fully. You know, so I would I would encourage give your body twenty minutes after you eat half your portion to see how you feel. You know, just just eat until you're not hungry, never eat until you're full. One of the big habits uh, nutrition coaches and coaches around that work with nutrition tell people who are trying to lose weight is to eat slower, and that's simply because of what Josh said right there. If you're just shoveling food down, first off. You're not chewing it as well. It's going to be harder to digest. Your stomach's going to get more bloated and you're going to have more digestive issues. Second, you're going to take in a lot more food in a shorter amount of time and not realize that you were full 10 bites ago. So eat slowly, chew fully, and that way you're giving your body time to actually process the food. And even if you ate all the food in front of you, if you eat it slowly, you're going to have a better time digesting that food and assimilating those nutrients. Yeah, and you also got to know, like, what is it that your body can handle to be able to break down to get all those nutrients? You know, again, like you said, if you dump it in there, you know, a quarter of it or half of it is just defecated. It's kind of wasted or it turns into sugar cells. You know, so ultimately we want to we want to be mindful of what we're eating. Um, so next question, uh, how do you handle the heavy load? So getting ready for a heavy set, obviously if you're somebody who's done a lot of high repetition stuff, everything eight plus reps, even if it's pretty heavy weight and that's how you've trained for a long time, just jumping in for a one rep max, you're not going to be able to hit the potential you would be if you trained heavier for a while because your body's not going to be used to those heavy loads. But handling heavy loads comes with time, time under the bar. You know, however strong you are, your body's going to adapt, your ligament's going to adapt to heavier loads and that's why people are able to squat seven, eight hundred pounds. You know, a lot of people are strong, but their bones, ligaments, and tissues would never be strong enough to actually hold that kind of weight unless they train for long periods of time. Your muscle's not the only thing that adapts under the load. You know, your spine, your bones, your ligaments that hold all the bones together, everything gets strengthened at a slower rate than the muscle, and they grow at a slower rate, but those things have to adapt as well to your training. But on a mental aspect of the heavy loads, we're going to be talking about that a lot in our podcast as well about intent and mindset and mentality but you've got to get to an uncomfortable place in your mind and accept the fear that you know if it's really heavy it may be the last time you move that kind of load you have to be willing to accept that and that invigorates me it's one of those you know if the more lifeless weight is to crush me and kill me the more excited i am to lift it I'm not saying that's a healthy. I think we're all a little bit broken. I think anybody in the sport of bodybuilding and powerlifting who is really into it and really taking the dive is a little broken and has some dark stuff in their past that they try to push out through the gym and through that. Because I don't think you can get under a really heavy load laughing, all excited, and come out giggling. Like You have to dial in, you have to focus, and you have to be ready to go. All right. So I guess... uh... Pretty much, I agree with agree with all that, and we can wait to tap into that, you know, as we you know more as we go into the podcast this morning. So we got a last question. Um, actually, pondered on this one for a little while here. Oh boy, uh, yeah. At Jacob C Horn uh, through Instagram, question: Who would you go gay with if you could? 
Celebrity, right? Yeah, celebrity, yeah, celebrity. So, I would have to say, in respect to my blondie and Abby Cadabby, my fiance, I'd have to go with Johnny Depp, man. Johnny Depp? Because that way I could keep my wife. Because <laughs> if I had picked anybody else, she definitely wouldn't approve. So, uh, I would definitely, I would definitely, I, ha- I have to pick Johnny Depp. That's a good way to look at it. I wish I would have looked at it that way because this is about to get real weird. <laughs> so, looking at this question, um, my initial thought was, all right, what are some actors that I really respect? And I thought of The Rock, and I was like, there's no way in hell I'm letting some guy manhandle me. <laughs> So I've got to have someone a little small. I've got to be the man in the relationship in this, right? Oh, so I'm starting to think. I'm like, who are some twerpy but still cool actors that I can definitely be the alpha with? And, you know, I was thinking maybe Brad Pitt. He's a little old for me now, but <laughs> I think I'll, I think I got to go with Brad Pitt. <laughs> I'm sure there'll be plenty of people that would, uh, would give you a applaud on that. You know, so um, that pretty much sums up the, uh, the Q&As. I'd like to thank everybody that did ask questions and even even the humorous ones you know we we need those too so again on any q a please reach out you know any question it doesn't matter what it is just just put it out there yeah have fun with it okay all right so so our main topic today is going to be mastering intent and we'll start with what do we mean by intent um josh go ahead and start what does intent mean to you ah intent purpose um you know, you have to be deliberate in what you're doing. Um, you know, you got a lot of people that just grab it and they just move, you know, they just lower it, they lift it, they lower it, they lift it. You know, everything's in the joints or in the shoulders, you know, just flowing about in a sense. But it's like, okay, if you're getting set up for a bench, you know, Kabuki Strength Lab, they have some informative information, man, beautiful videos. I went to one of their seminars and you're talking about knowledge. You know, and as uh, Justin Tully at the gym likes to state is, you know, it's the low hanging fruit that everybody misses. And, you know, Kabuki Strength Lab, they actually emphasize on all that. And a lot of that is based off intent. Like you intentionally shove your feet into the floor for a reason. You intentionally throw those shoulders into that bench and, 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 and you know, push down on that T-spine to create that. And it's that low hanging fruit. You know, so intentionally going through the proper steps, the proper mechanics, so that you can aim for progressive failure. You know, we are progressing to fail. You know, you get to a lift, you fail. The intent when I go in the gym is to find failure somewhere with some weight at some rep range. So for me, that's... And you have to be comfortable with failure. I mean... Failure, whether you're in business, the gym, or anywhere, failure is going to happen. And that's one beautiful thing about when you learn how to really train hard and train right and you train to failure is you fail multiple times every day. And that you get comfortable with that makes you stronger, makes you more resilient, makes you have more belief in yourself and know that, hey, next time I'll come back and I'll be strong enough to move that because my body's going to respond in order to do it. Or if it's not next week, next month, and you know that you always have that ability to get stronger and manage those loads. So intent to me, like I said, is purpose, moving with purpose, moving with intent. Everything you do, why do you do it? Whether it's me, like my wife calls me intense sometimes. 
says I move too fast or different things. I just move with a purpose. I move like I have a place to be. There's nothing that drives me crazy like watching someone just go through the motions of their life, whether it's putting their shoes on and they're moving like a sloth. It's one of those things. Get your shoes on. Let's go. Move with purpose. Move like you got a place to be. You know, if you got to be somewhere at nine o'clock, move like you got to be there at nine o'clock. You know, if you're meeting somebody, everything, purpose, intent, it's just a matter of how much you want to put into it. And intent, as far as training goes, like, why are you doing what you're doing? If you want to be a bodybuilder, why are you doing heavy, heavy loads, sets of ones and twos for all your workouts and just squatting and benching and deadlifting? You know, there's going to be other things you have to do as well. Barbell work is going to be probably around 60 to 70% of a beginner's bodybuilding career in learning how to manage heavy loads, you know, and that's just the beginning of training. But that doesn't mean that you're going to be training like a powerlifter per se. Just like if you want to be a power lifter, um, I'm not sure why you'd be doing failure training every set to failure because, again, the stimulus is going to be too much when you're trying to get stronger as the main goal to train everything to failure. While bodybuilding, you know, almost everything is to failure. So you got to learn why you're doing what you're doing, why you're training the way you're training, and even as little as going to a set. When you're doing a bench press, bodybuilders train movements, or bodybuilders train muscles, powerlifters train movements. So we may do similar movements, but the purpose behind the movement is different. A powerlifter's aim is to move more weight through that movement. A bodybuilder's aim is to use the more weight to create more tension in order to train a muscle more efficiently. And knowing that difference and cueing that in your head makes you change the way you're going to train quite a bit. So as far as going into, let's say, a lunge, I like to use that as an example, a walking lunge. Do you just stand up and walk through your lunges? Or when you drive up onto the front foot, do you drive your ball, your foot into the ground so hard and flex your heel down that you feel your quad flex? Most people don't. Their legs get wobbly, but they're not training with the intent of training their legs. They're moving to move and get through the movement. So when you stand up every set, you should be focusing on squeezing your glutes and hamstrings and your quad through your lunge because the purpose of that lunge for you is to train your legs, train the quad, train the hamstring, train the glute. So activate those muscles or like doing a bench press. You lower the bar, you squeeze your lats, you come down, you bring the bar to your chest and you drive the bar up. Now the intent for a bodybuilder is to create tension on the pec. So you may work through more of an active range of motion than a full range of motion as you become more advanced. And your job is to stimulate your chest. So your big focus should be pushing your elbows together, your humerus into your pecs in order to contract the pec the best you can. While for powerlifting, you don't really care what's flexing. You care that the bar is moving. And to a point, you're going to care because you want to make sure your technique's good and that you're using the primary mover. But the intent's going to be a lot different. Very true, very true. So, I mean, we can tap into... Um, again, you know, the low hanging fruit. So when, you know, a lot of people that I find when they grab a dumbbell, they grab a curl bar, they grab a barbell. Now, if you're deadlifting, yeah, you better hang on to that thing. Cause if not, it's going to slip right out your hand, but your, your average person doesn't even grip the bar, you know, in, you know, something that you would want to practice is, you know, you take your hand straight out in front of you and you put your fingers around your wrist. Okay. You do not have a flex, you know, your hand is not flexed. It's just open and squeeze on that wrist. It'll sink into the joint right there between, you know, the forearm and the hand. Okay. So that means that the elbow's loose. There's no engagement there, which ultimately leads to the shoulder. 
Okay, and we can take that song all the way back to kindergarten, yeah. but we're not going to do that this uh, this podcast. We'll save that for another one. All right, but what you do is when you grab that bar, if you hang on to that wrist and you squeeze that wrist real hard, now flex your hand into a, into a fist and squeeze it as hard as you can. It's going to push those fingers out. So now that wrist is protected. That forearm is activated. That elbow is protected, and it's going to lead up into your shoulder. So if you grab that bar, whether it's a curl, whether it's a bench, even with a squat, you want to be able to acquire as much muscle tissue usage as possible, you know, to be able to get you through the lift. Yeah. A squat isn't just training your legs. They say like a deadlift and a squat is a full body movement. Why do they say that? You have to get your entire body so tight. Flex every muscle you can in your body because you want to incorporate as much muscle tissue as you can into the lift to lift the weight safely and appropriately and to lift the most weight. So if you go under the bar for a squat, you've got loose hands on the bar, your lats aren't tight, your chest may be tall at first, as soon as you get a heavy load on, you're going to crumble. You may tighten up your core a bit, but that starts with your grip, ripping the bar apart on your back, pulling your shoulder blades back, locking your elbows in, stabilizes the spine through your core, and then you squat. But if you don't start that movement you know, by gripping the bar like you mean it and setting up like it means something to you, you're missing out on the potential to get stronger and a Effectively, just causing injury down the road to yourself. Train smart, but train hard. Yeah. You know, that's, you got to learn to think. Okay. When you're, when you're in the gym and you, you know, again, everything is based off intent. Okay. When I'm in that set, you know, yeah, it calls for, you know, work up to a heavy eight or, you know, work up to three sets of 10, uh, 15 plus or four sets till failure. Okay. Don't focus on that that one number. Don't focus on getting to that 10, okay, or that 8, or that 15, or that 20. It's 1, 1, 1, 1, 1, until you get to that 20. You know, really just tap into each movement. Understand, okay, I'm doing a standing cable curl. All right, my feet are hugging the floor. I'm tearing the floor apart. I'm pushing through that belly button. I'm engaging that entire core. My entire foundation is completely just wired together. Okay, I, solid all the way up and literally just focusing on using the muscle tissue that I have. Basically, I close my eyes and I envision as, as Arnold, you know, which everybody knows Arnold. If you don't, uh, you're, you're listening to the wrong podcast. Uh, so, you know, he states that you have to envision your muscle doing the work. You have to close your eyes and focus on the muscle that you're aiming to target and watching it rip and watching it tear and watching it grow. You know, and that that will eventually lead into growth. It's going to happen. You know, but it's one rep. Then it's one set. Okay? It's not, okay, 10 reps for three sets. No, it's one rep until that first set's done. And then it's on to the next. And don't sell yourself short. Don't sell yourself short at all. When you go into that set and we're looking for a hard eight, that's exactly what we want. We want a hard eight period. If you can get that eight without somebody getting close to that bar, that's not hard enough. You know, the intent is to push yourself. Okay. But again, you got to train smart. You got to train hard. And us as workout partners, you, I, and uh, Jacob C. Horn, you know, we're only going to be as good as one another. Okay. You, me, if you spot me and you take that bar from me, you're still in my gains. Okay. No different from you. You keep that bar moving. You don't let them fail until they fail. You know, so 
you have to intentionally think about not just your own working set, but what what, what your partner's doing. You know, speaking out loud, giving the cues, focusing on engagement, push through that belly button, get your breath. You have to be intent with your crew. And so, not just yourself. So many people forget to breathe in a set, like you mentioned, having somebody there to tell you that. And you'll get more reps. You need oxygen in the muscle to contract the muscle and use it. And talking more about like intent with the movements he's talking about, like intentionally spotting. Are you spotting your partner with the intent to just the moment he struggles, lift the bar off him? Then at that point, you're cutting yourself short and him short because he's going to do the same to you. When you're spotting your partner, your job is to make them work every bit as hard as you're going to work and harder. And that's the glory. Good parts about having workout partners is they're supposed to be there to push you. If they're not pushing you, get new workout partners. You know, you're only as strong as the weakest link. So if the weakest link is just constantly not helping push, and I'm not talking about muscle strength here. I don't care if somebody benches 135 and I'm benching 400. You know, the guy who benches 135 better be fucking working hard. Mm-hmm. And intent and effort is going to be what matters, you know. Are they training like they want to be somebody? Are they training hard? So speaking of, you know, you know, training as hard as you can, you still have to focus on the most important aspect of any training or any program or anybody that's serious, you know, about their lifting or about their lifestyle um, is you have to be able to evaluate and analyze your progress. You know, get a logbook, get an app on your phone. You know, you have to be able to go back into what you did, figure out, okay, I remember this set, this set, this set. Okay, this one right here, I sold myself short. Or this one, this one right here, okay, this was perfect. I either need to focus on getting one more rep next week at this weight or adding five pounds for the same rep range. You know, you have to be able to go back into it. You know, you have to tap into your growth. You know, for us to do training, we do the same things over and over and over again to make that extra rep, to get that extra poundage. It's no different than going back and reanalyzing yourself over and over and over again. And the stages don't stop. You continue to grow through that. Um, with, with speaking of, you know, training, you know, getting on stage and stuff like that. The intent is, as a buddy of mine at Adam.SCHU says, when we go into a gym, I'm trying to die in here. You know, that's that was his thing. And he came in there and, and one of the most motivating people, doesn't say much, doesn't have to, you know, but puts weight on the bar, grabs the bar. And I mean, it's just, he's, he's trying to die in there, you know, which is, you know, th- that's a workout partner that you want. But how do you gain that quarter of a step? And it's through intent. You have to think about, you know, you had mentioned, you know, you're not looking to be Mr. Olympia. You know, I say F that. <laughs> you know, you know, aim for the sky. Dude, there's millions and millions and millions of stars in the sky. I just want one. You should want one. Okay. Mr. Olympia is not impossible. Okay. Again, that might not be your goal right now, but that doesn't mean that it's, it's not going to happen. So how do you gain that quarter of a step? through your intent. So I'm going to run back real quick to something you talked about a second ago. Uh, you mentioned the logbook. And if you're one of my clients and you're listening to this, you know that I'm big on keeping that logbook and that I'll get on your ass if I asked you what you did last week and you say you don't know because you should have that written down, tracked in your phone, an app or something. And I was going to tell a little story about um, a lot of you saw my post on Instagram where I was pissed off when I got back into the hack squat because I watched that video posted and I knew I sold myself short. I had more reps in the tank. 
And I thought about that for an entire week. And this is where you separate people who are average and just in there working out or people who are training to be something great or training to accomplish something great. And like he said, training in there to die. If I don't, if someone had a gun to my head and told me to get one more rep, I shouldn't be able to get one more rep. I should be completely done. If someone had a gun to my head and I could told me if I got one more rep, I could live. You want to be at that point where you're going to die. Like you can't get one more rep. So that's kind of how I look at things and try to look at things. And of course, that's a really high bar to step up to. You know, if someone held a gun to your head, chances are any of us are going to get one more rep for a while. And it's an art form. Bodybuilding is an art. Powerlifting is an art. Training to failure is an art. Getting to that point takes time and practice. You know, you don't just get there overnight. It takes getting to a dark place. And the following week after I obsessed over it for a week, I dialed in. I thought about it. And this is going to be touching into going that quarter of a way farther and getting that extra rep, getting that extra mileage, is that for the entire week, I thought about how I was going to approach it. I thought about how it made me feel to fall short, to quit, to not fail, to just quit beforehand because I was too afraid or too tired to do another rep. And I thought about coaches that inspire me. You know, what if they were freaking watching? What if the coach I'm looking at hiring was standing there watching me right now and was disappointed because I didn't give my all? And those are things I think about going forward. So that next time I hit that hack squat, Instead of hitting six plates and a 25 for 10, like the week before, I hit seven plates for eight. And then on my back down set, I hit five plates for 16. The following week, I hit five plates and a 25 for 18 with one force rip from Josh here, mm-hmm. helping me get that last rep out. And I was crushed after that set. I left it all on the table. And I was very proud of myself for that. I didn't talk about it much, but in my head, I was like, this, this is what I'm talking about. This is what I need. And going forward, getting that extra quarter mile getting that extra bit into the set getting that extra squeezing that bit of progress out of it comes into what you're thinking about what you're focusing on if you're completely unfocused not paying attention to what you're doing chances are you're not going to get even close to hitting the mark hitting failure hitting any sort of stimulus is going to make you adapt you go into that set why am i doing this set What's my intention behind the set? Let's talk about squats. Let's say I'm getting under a bar. I'm getting under 500 pounds. My goal with this 500 pounds is to create as much stimulus in my legs as I can to cause them to grow. My goal going to the set is to hit failure with that bar. Now, I don't recommend anybody who's new trying to train to failure on barbell heavy barbell <laughs> squats because the margin for error with a heavy squat is very minimal. One wrong move and you may never walk again. You put five, six, seven hundred pounds on your back. You know, the margin for error is very slight. One wrong twist, one wrong move, and you may never walk again. You have to be willing to accept that. And I think about that when I go into the bar. I sit up, I pull myself underneath, and I think about the fact this may be the last time I ever walk again. You know, and the reason it's kind of that intense for me is like I have a herniated disc in my back, multiple bulging disc. I was told I'd never be able to squat 400 pounds. I'm squatting almost six. So, that echoes in my head that doctor saying you'll never squat 400 pounds you may never walk again you may be in a wheelchair by the time you're 30 i say fuck that i say i'm gonna get into this bar and i'm gonna squat down i'm gonna pick it up and if this is the last time that i ever walk again i'm gonna make sure i give it my fucking all and that i'm not gonna sit here and cower beneath and let that fear of not gonna make it stop me and it may not be the smartest thing i'm not saying that it's smart it's a little crazy but that's what pushes me that cold bone chilling fear that hits you Mm -hmm. as you unrack that bar you take that big breath and go down. And with that, I'm going to rep it. I'm going to rep it until my legs are shaking. I'm going to rep it until I drop that bar on the rack behind me or I barely stand up until my legs are trembling and can barely hold myself. You know, 
I need help into the rack when I'm done with a set of squats. If you get done with the set and you can bust a dance move or you get done with a set and you can just jump up laughing and yipping, you didn't train to failure. You need to get back under that bar and fucking go. Now that is to say that if your training is, your program is saying go to failure. It is that intent. Yeah. You know, if that's the intent behind it, you know, because if you're doing powerlifting, you're just trying to get five sets of two at 90%, yeah, you probably shouldn't be passing out afterwards. You should probably be able to function. But if you're trying to take a top set to failure on squats and leave it all on the table, you shouldn't be able to make a string of sentence together, mm-hmm. let alone bust the move and start dancing around after a set. You should be sitting on the ground, sitting on a bench, gasping for air, trying to figure out where reality is right now. So speaking on, you know, the inspiring aspect of you, you know, what, what inspires you, you know, thinking of, you know, the things that you've been through. Um, and again, I, th- I think that, you know, um, reverts back to a lot of people that are in the gym have had, you know, a difficult time in their life somewhere, you know, but us as humans, we all do. You know, whether it's, you know, an active issue or a personal issue, uh, just don't know how to deal with. Um, for me, when, when when you speak of, you know, going up under the bar, you're like, man, you know, this might be the very last time that I, that I squat. You know, for me, I don't, that's not me. I don't think like that. When I, when I look at it, I'm just like, okay, I'm going to get this big girl up off my back. You know what I'm saying? And then we're going to go again uh, later uh, with more weight, so on and so forth. But there's no doubt, um, no fear. Uh, as Justin Tully likes to say, no fear. Um, if there, if there's anything that I can encourage anybody, you know, is when you get when you when you get up underneath that bar, you grab that weight, and you're getting ready to just give it your all. It, like you said, it needs to be just that. All, no doubt, no fear. Okay, it's do or die. You know, and for me, I, I always think of my daughter. Um, you know, and, and being in prison and watching her grow in pictures. Um, my intent through everything was always to save her life, was to be strong enough to save her life. Um, you know, and the world just crashing down. You know, I want her to be able to look at me and see poise, no matter what's going on. You know, and they watch my videos, um, you know, that we post and uh, the stories and stuff like that. And, you know, they need to see that. You know, it doesn't make sense to some people now. They're like, man, this dude's a flipping lunatic. You know, squatting, you know, <laughs> 515 for reps, you know, doing the hack squat, all them plates, man. People think, man, this dude's a maniac. Yes, we are maniacs, but we're under control. We know when to flip that switch. You know, because when you get in there, dude, it's like nobody's around. It's you against you. You're by yourself. You know, and we're going to war. We're going to war. You know, when I was in prison, I, I trained, man, I, I, I was a lunatic. You know, I was a lunatic. And, and people are like, man, VA, why you, why you train so hard? I'm like, man, I'm training for war. If somebody comes to me at my front door, I want to be able to handle it. I want to be able to protect my family. Why ain't you training? You know? We need to help show people what their intent is. What inspires them. You know, like a mother. When you say a lot of the women, they're, you know, some of the best clients that you've ever had. They have a totally different type of motivation, you know, because there's two kinds. There's intrinsic, there's extrinsic. Yep. 
you know, some people are internally motivated like you and I, you know, which allows our intent to be that much more explosive. Extrinsic motivation for people is like seeing someone like us, you know, or the diet, quote unquote, which should be a lifestyle change, not a diet. You know, the extrinsic is, okay, if I make this goal, then I can eat this food, you know, as far as a cheat day. That's extrinsic, you know. But when when speaking of, you know, going into your lifts, going into your training, what's inspiring, you know, you have to close your eyes for a second and envision the person that you want to be. When you're standing in front of that mirror and then when you open those eyes and you don't see that person, that should be all the motivation and inspiration that you need. It's like, I'm tired of looking like this. I'm tired of feeling like this. You know, there's only one way to get to where you want to be. And that's take the first step. Intentionally, take that first step. And you'll hear a lot of people talk about like, I'm sure you've experienced a lot of people lifted heavy loads or done a lot of reps. Your mind erases when you're under that bar. Mm -hmm. Your thoughts go 90 miles an hour. You can write a story in two seconds, you know. And so the amount of thoughts that go through your head, you've got to learn to control those because the ones that come in and say, this is too heavy, put it back, you can't do this, you need to shut them up. And that's invigorating to tell them to shut up. But if you can get to the point where you don't have those, you're going to be that much better, that much stronger. And Josh was saying, you know, envision the person you want to be. And when I load up dumbbells, go for like an incline press, you know, I see myself in the mirror, I look in the mirror, you know, I imagine that the people who I respect and admire the most in the industry, bodybuilders and stuff like that, powerlifters are sitting there watching me, they're looking at me and... I've got to prove to them that I can be one of them. I got to prove to them that I'm, I'm here to play. I'm, I'm, I'm here to fucking take over. And so, you know, I imagine myself, I imagine stage lights. I imagine <clears throat> placing, holding up a trophy, um, medal, something. And I've always been very competitive. So competitiveness motivates me. And I feel like if you can bring out the competitive streak in you, that means a lot. Josh talked about flipping the switch. And that's something that I feel like people need to learn to do. Now, not everyone I would say really has a switch you know some people are very level-headed very level-minded some people don't have that many dark skeletons in their closet they had better pass or easier pass and not to say they haven't gone through hardship but just maybe different kinds and i feel like this thing standing in the way of a lot of people's progress is the ability to turn that dial up just a couple notches find some way to make them more intentful more intense and be able to go all in and you've got to find what that is for you or work with somebody to find what that is for you because if you don't find that ability to turn that dial up, you're never going to be able to make the next step. You're never going to be able to lose that weight. You're never going to be able to become the person that you know you can be. And, you know, working at in Anytime Fitness, for example, it's a very corporate gym. There's going to be a very diverse amount of people there. You have a couple hardcore athletes, not many, and a lot of just mothers, fathers, brothers, sisters, and just general people who are just trying to be healthy. And with those people, there's a huge disconnect because they think, I don't have to train hard because I'm not trying to be a bodybuilder. I don't have to train that hard because I'm not trying to be a powerlifter. I don't have to train that hard because I'm not trying to run a marathon. But the race has started and everybody's got to run. You've got to start running. You've got to start fighting because you're never going to get anywhere if you don't. If you walk on the stair mill casually laughing and you're moving super slow and barely taking a step with any intent you think that you're going to get anywhere walking like that or if you just casually walk on the treadmill for an hour a day you think that's what's going to make you lose 50 pounds you know you've got to work hard even if it's running if it's lifting if it's anything you've got to be able to flip that switch turn that dial up 
and work hard. You've got to sweat, you've got to work, you've got to move, and you've got to be able to do the work to get there. A lot of people think it's going to be a lot easier than it is, and a lot of people think it's going to be a lot harder than it is. Either way, it stops you from doing what you need to do. You need to just accept that it's just work. All it is is work. You've just got to do it. Thank you for joining us, everybody. You can find us on Instagram at theironline underscore official and at Ellis Joshua M. We'll see you next time.